Well, here we are in week two of our series. So honored to get to share this morning with you. My name is Christian. If we haven't met, get to be worship leader here. If it's your first time with us, if we've been together for many, many Sundays over the years, uh, we're so happy to get to share in God's word with you today. So happy to get to sing songs together and lean in to who he is as one big community. We do have lots of people watching online right now, including our SG camping group. Can we say hello to them? That's just for you guys. That's just for you at the camping group. We hope that you're doing well. Hope that you're having a great time as well. We miss you, but we know that uh, we'll get to see you again soon. Uh, it, it doesn't take too much to realize that here at Shepherd's Gate, we love Jesus and we love being together. And right here in this message today, in a series we're calling On Demand, we're talking about the priority of being together. The priority that God has for your life and for my life of us to be in a room like this, singing his praises, and we're asking the big question in this series, what would it look like if we made God's priorities our priorities? What would it look like if we made the things that he thinks are so important for you and I, the things that are important to us? We're trying to find a little margin, a little room to breathe, a little space to rest in a really, really crazy, fast, binge-hungry culture. We're even trying to find that today in our worship. We're trying to say, hey, let's strip everything back just for a second. And maybe we'll hear ourselves singing together a little bit more. Wasn't that beautiful just a moment ago to hear all the voices of God's children singing in one room together? You know what? That reminds us that we're not alone. When we hear the other voices of God's children singing together, it reminds us that we're here for him. And it's with that spirit that we start this message today with a question. And that question is, what would it look like if we actually prioritized being together in every season of life? This is a big, big question. And when we say words like connection or spiritual community or gatherings, or we're gonna talk a little bit later about small groups as well, I know a lot of things happen in a room like this. And I can see all your faces and so I can see what just happened. First off, the introverts like myself shut down. (laughs) Because they go, he's gonna talk about how we have to be around people and I don't wanna be around people because I don't like people. And I know that because I've thought that in a room like this myself, and I think the extroverts kind of start to tune out a little bit too, because they go, man, I got this thing down. I love people, people love being around me. Any party I walk into, I make three jokes and they're my best friends for life. I can tune him out for 20 minutes. And I know when we say things like small groups or house churches, I know that those words carry a lot of weight. I know those words carry a lot of preconceived notions maybe. And what I'm asking from us today is maybe we could just lean in a little closer than we usually do. Pull away all those names for a second. Let's call it what it is. It's being together. And it's a priority that God has for your life and for my life. Here's what we are today. We're one big family in literally one big living room, having one big conversation about a thing that God really, really cares about. And so can we do that together? Can we lean in? Can we see what God might have for us this morning? Come on, can I get an amen from somebody? It's gonna be a good day. See, the truth is that the culture that we're living in would love to remind us over and over again that we look more connected than we've ever been. All it takes is the phone in your pocket right now to prove that the technology looks more connected than we've ever been. You could pull out your phone and FaceTime somebody around the world right now. You could pull out your phone and text or call somebody that you haven't seen in years and have just a little bit of connection with them. We look more connected than we've ever been. Let me show you what I mean. Here's some stats about social media. So as of May 2019, the world population was 7.7 billion people. Out of those 7.7, 4.4 billion have access to the internet. There are 3.49 billion active social media accounts worldwide right now. Is that not insane? 
3.4 billion people. Facebook alone has 2.4 billion users worldwide. There's 500,000 being added every day. That means that there are six accounts added a second. Right here, that's six Facebook accounts. Instagram has one billion users worldwide. 60% of their users log on daily. Do you know there's 95 million photos posted to Instagram on a given day? Communication apps like Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp handle, get this, 60 billion messages a day. 60 billion messages a day. That's not including the fact that as a culture, we send 781 billion text messages in a month. That adds up to 9.3 trillion texts a year. We look more connected than we've ever been. If you have the Facebook app on your phone, you could connect with one of 2.4 billion people right now. There's billions of messages flying over our heads at any given moment, and so we look really connected. But there was another study that was done. And what they found in 2018 is that right here in our culture, in our country, 46% of Americans report feeling consistently and actively lonely. Consistently and actively lonely. You want to know what the definition of loneliness is? Lacking connection. In a world that looks more connected than we've ever been, we're actually incredibly lonely. How could this possibly be? On the report, they showed that only half of Americans say they have a meaningful in-person social interaction on a given day. It's no longer eye-to-eye and face-to-face. I'm not bashing social media at all. I think it's a great tool, but I don't think it's a replacement. And I think we're trying to replace it for something else. Because half the population is feeling lonely consistently. The reporter that did this study calls this an epidemic level of loneliness because they can trace the feeling of loneliness to a shorter life, a worse health, and suicide. These are heavy, heavy things that our culture is struggling with right now. And I know, I know you're thinking, maybe, okay, this is the younger generation. The younger generation is feeling lonely because all they've ever known is the phone. All they've ever known is the social media, but it's not working for them. But actually, when they traced it by generation, there's only a 10% gap between the 18 to 22-year-olds and the 72 and over. You know what was different? It was the language they used. The 18 to 22-year-olds called themselves lonely. The 72 and over called themselves forgotten. It's the same reaction. We're lacking connection. All this information, all this communication over our heads every single moment, it's not that it's bad, it's just that it's not real. We're faking it. We're trying to replace real connection with something that's virtual. And so that's the importance of the question we're asking together as a community today. This is why it's important to lean into this, is when we say, what would it look like to actually prioritize being together in every season of life? Because no matter what generation you're in, we're struggling with this. Uh, Here's a quote from the study. It says this, you could have 1,000 or 10,000 friends on Facebook, but it's the meaningful in-person relationships that you have with other people that keep you from becoming lonely. All of us can make an effort to meet with somebody, have a cup of coffee, and have a meaningful in-person conversation. That's a great first step for all of us to have an impact. Dare I say it, I'm gonna use a word we've heard before in this room, to have an influence on our culture. What would it look like if we actually prioritized being together in every season of life? Because it seems like in our culture right now, you can post a comment on Facebook, 
You can spark a debate with your opinion in the comments. And you may feel validation for a second. And then it's gone. And you keep scrolling, looking for more. Post a photo on Instagram. You look great today. Like, comment, validation for a second. And then it's gone. And we're scrolling. We're looking for something else again. The true connection is not the kind that feels fast or fleeting or fraudulent or fake. It's the kind that can sustain change in every single season of our lives. That's how we get those numbers in every generation to be lower. Because here's the truth of this morning. Loneliness is eliminated in God's love. Amen. Loneliness is not a concern when we know how accepted we are. Check out the definition of true connection. Brene Brown defines connection as being seen, heard, and valued when we can give and receive without judgment. To me, that sounds so much like our relationship with Jesus and so much not like our relationships with other people online. Being seen, heard, and valued and giving and receiving without judgment. This is what we're trying to run after when we ask the question, what would it look like if we made God's priority our priority and we actually prioritized being together in every single season of life? See, God knew this from the beginning. And in the author of Hebrews, he wrote about this in chapter three. It's the book we've been going through together as a church. You might've read this this past week. In fact, the author of Hebrews said this, take care, brothers. I love that start, take care. Lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. What the author is saying here is you gotta be careful. Because in this world, there's gonna be a lot of things that are gonna try to vie for your attention. There's gonna be a lot of things that try to vie for your focus. There's a lot of things that are going to try to distract you and they're going to say, hey, maybe you can find some worth here. Maybe you can try to say, uh, find some validation here. Maybe you can find some identity in this thing. And the problem is that when we're seeking validation and worth and identity in anything but Jesus, what are we doing? We're searching for something we already have. This is the gospel of Jesus for you and I this morning. The son of God, the God who created the world and created you and created me, sent his son to die on a cross for you, knowing your sin, knowing your brokenness, knowing the distractions that may come your way. He dies for you, he goes to a grave, he raises to life so that you could be raised to life, so you could have a new spirit and a quiet confidence in your bones that says, I know the gospel and I know the good news of who I am and whose I am and I am seen, I am heard, I am valued, I have identity, I have worth in Jesus, I don't need to look for it anymore. Amen this morning. That's the gospel of what we have in Jesus. But the author of Hebrews is saying, be careful though. There's so many things that are gonna try to tell you that you can find it somewhere else. And so what do we do? What's the antidote to a distracted world and how do we keep our focus? He answers it in verse 13. Encourage one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. There it is. That's what it looks like to prioritize actually being together. You know what happens when we meet together, when we look each other in the eye, we look each other in the face. We get to speak into each other and encourage each other. Remember, you're loved and you're forgiven and you're free. Maybe this is for you this morning. Maybe this is personal for you today, right now in your seat. Have you ever felt lonely? You ever felt isolated? Ever felt left out? Ever felt alone? Ever felt forgotten? What happens when we meet together and we remind each other who we are and whose we are is we encourage each other to keep the focus on the things that matters most. 
We remind each other to keep focus on God's love for us. And we look at each other and we say, do you know that you don't need to be lonely anymore? Sure, you've got me, but also you've got him. There's beauty in this. And I love that he says, as long as it is called today. There is not a day in our lives that will not be called today. You ever thought about that? There's yesterday. That's the past. There's tomorrow. That's the future. We can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow. Maybe you've got a really big Monday coming up. But every single morning that you and I lift our head from the pillow, it's called today. And the truth is, that's all we've got. And the truth of this scripture and what it's pointing towards today, maybe for you, is as long as it is called today, because it never won't be, keep meeting together. Keep encouraging each other. Keep looking each other in the eyes. And keep having that true connection. Because it's a priority that God wants for you. He knows it's going to impact your life. He knows it's going to impact your heart each and every day. You know, I don't think this is going to come through another computer screen. I really don't. I think social media is great, but I, I don't think it's a replacement. I don't think it's going to be another computer screen. I think it's going to be a lot more like this. I think it's going to be couches and coffee and conversation. And in a setting like this, looking each other in the eyes and saying, you're loved, you're forgiven, and you're free. And we're going to encourage each other, but we're also going to challenge each other. When life gets hard, when the seasons get difficult, it doesn't matter if you're five or 105. I need you and you need me, and we need to do this thing together because life is done better together. Can I get an amen from that this morning? It doesn't matter if you're in elementary school or just got baptized. It doesn't matter if you're in high school and single. It doesn't matter if you're in college and just got married or just had your first kid or just became an empty nester or just got retired or just became widowed. We need each other as a community because life is done better together. And this culture will continue to try to crowd out real connection, but God's going to prioritize it. And so I think we should too. That's why we value so much as a church meeting together in rooms like this, meeting together in smaller groups, And I know that as I say the word small groups, I know that as I say the word house church, that something fires in your brain. A preconceived notion, something. But once again, we're gonna pull all that away for a minute. We're gonna call it what it really is. It's being together in every season of life. I I didn't wanna have this conversation alone because that felt lonely to me. (laughs) And so I wanna invite some friends up and we just wanted to have a conversation about community and we'd love for you to be a part of it, for real. Because we're all in very different seasons of life, but we all need each other, and we all need you. And so if you would welcome them up with me, we're going to have a conversation about community together just for a few minutes. Sound good? Come on, welcome these friends up. Let's go. While we couldn't represent every single season of life on the stage this morning, we tried to highlight some of the really big ones. And we hope that maybe you can find your place in this. Uh, We know that all the way from being single to being widowed, we need each other. And so I want to introduce you to my friends here. And uh, we're all in different seasons of life, like I said, but we all are trying to lean into this community thing. Uh, We don't have this figured out, but that's why we need you. We need to kind of step into this conversation together. And so this is my wife, Shelby. Uh, She is the best. And we have... We have been married for almost two years. Our anniversary, uh, two-year anniversary is in two weeks. And so we're still very much newlyweds and uh, trying to figure that out together. These are our friends, Theo and Alexis Hagen. Uh, They're incredible people. They've been married for a few years. And just five months ago, they had this little beautiful baby boy named Hudson, who's up here with us today as well. Uh, So they just became parents. That's a fresh season of life, and it has its challenges, has its questions. Uh, These are our friends, Kurt and Diane Teller. Uh, We're so honored that they're up here this morning. Get this. In six days, 
their firstborn son is getting married. This coming Saturday, uh, Kevin is getting married, and so they're becoming empty nesters officially. And it's, uh, it's a new season, so we're excited to chat with him about that. And then, of course, Al and Jane Kemp. Uh, Al and Jane are stepping into a season of retirement right now. Uh, Al is retired and Jane is not. And so, from what I understand, Al, are you just trying, your full-time job is trying to get her to retire? Is that what's happening? Absolutely, the other direction. Oh, it's the other way. <laughs> it's the other way. Keep working. Let me see if I can try to weave that into this message. Great. But for the next 10 minutes, we just wanted to lean into this together and have a conversation about community with our community. And what would it look like if we actually prioritized this in every season of life? And for Shelby and I, we jumped into a small group uh, two months into our marriage. And I'll be honest with you, it felt really, really risky because we had so much going on already, so much we were trying to figure out. And so stepping into another thing that would take up another night Another thing that would kind of demand a lot of our attention. For me as an introvert, it was really difficult because I know that's another situation where I have to be around people and people are draining for introverts. Uh, but I want to remind the introverts in the room, uh, we were created for introverts, uh, introversion, not for isolation. There's a really big difference. And for the extroverts as well, we just need to lean into this thing together and we need you too. And so, uh, Shelby, would you mind sharing just a little bit about what was it that solidified that in that risky kind of new season, adding a small group to our life, what solidified we were where we need to be? Yeah, so going into our small group at the start of it, I was feeling pretty hesitant to being vulnerable with other people. I'd kind of made up my mind that I was just going to keep everyone at an arm's length emotionally. Um, but at the beginning, like one of our first meetings, there was just this space and time that I felt so safe that I felt compelled to share something that had been really heavy on my heart. And uh, we went around the room and different people volunteered to pray over certain requests. And Theo here actually volunteered to pray over mine and to hear my burden said out loud. And to have him essentially say that I care about this too and I wanna see this through with you was so impactful uh, for me and for you on this journey. Yeah. And uh, for what that solidified for me was that yes, this community is important and then also being vulnerable is always worthy because right. when you say it out loud, you're less alone. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's not in our heart to say that community is easy. Uh, we know there's gonna be challenging seasons and for a lot of us that vulnerable space to connect with other people and to have those conversations is really difficult. And sometimes it takes hearing someone else in your community speak into something you thought that you were only worried about. Yeah. And they go, no, I'm gonna take that on with you and I'm gonna be with you in that. And that's so crucial and so life-changing when we hear those words spoken. And so, uh, Theo, your story is really, really interesting to me because uh, you had been here at the church for a couple of years. Uh, you and Alexis got married and then six months later, you don't only join a small group, you start leading a small group, which is a big weight, right? Like that's a scary thing to do. And so would you speak into kind of what that season was like, how it's impacted you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, first thing I'll say is Al, I mentioned it to Al that, um, you know, I'd like to join a uh, young adult small group and Al has a very good memory yeah. and he's very persistent. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> so here we are. That's and right. so, um, you know, and for me, what you said in the sermon is very, resonates with me a lot because, you know, when you hear house church, you hear small group, it kind of triggers something in your mind where, you know, it's another night to do something. It's yeah. another um, thing. Obviously, we're busy with Hudson and life in general, but um, as you go on 
and you lead, um, you know, a lot of times you might think to yourself, well, why should I be leading it? But when you hear things like Shelby said, or you see right. um, people growing in their faith and being at the helm of that is really impactful. So, yeah. you know, as much as you think, why shouldn't I lead? I would challenge you to think, you know, or why, why should I lead? I would, I would challenge you to think, why shouldn't I lead? Yeah. Um, Cause it's really had a big impact on my life, both per- personally, professionally and faithfully. That's Faith amazing. I, I think so often that that feeling of loneliness, uh, if, if you struggle with that, like we have, um, that isolation feeling can lead to a lot of insecurities building up in our minds. And I think so often that that voice does kind of come in and go, well, what is, what is in this for me? Can I actually lead a small group? Do I know enough about scripture? Do I know enough about anything? Am I gonna carry any weight in this community? And the answer, I think, is unanimously yes. Uh, you will carry weight in the community that you're in because you're also reminding other people that they're not lonely. And we all kind of have a piece of this pie together and we can go, not literally, I mean, you can eat pie if you want in small group, we're all about that. <laughs> But we all carry this weight together, and we go, we're not going to let the insecurity stop us from making this a priority for us. And so, Alexis, for you, as you guys just became parents in the past few months, um, what's it been like to have community around you? Has it been challenging? This is a season of a lot of questions, a season that's worth not going alone, becoming parents. And so, uh, speak into that for us, if you would. Well, like Theo said, we were just looking for people with similar morals and values just to, to do life with and to encourage each other in our family lives and in our faith. And um, no matter what we do at our, our meetings, whether it's doing a study or we're just hanging out and spending time together, I leave and I feel fulfilled. And yeah. I feel like that makes me a better wife and a better mom. And looking back, it was something that was just missing in our lives. And so we're really grateful to have that now, the support that all the beautiful people um, supporting us and our family and raising our son. Yeah. There's, it, it's incredible to me to look at baby Hudson here and to think about how it's, there's no way we could ever imagine a day in which Hudson is getting married. Like, think about no, that. Like, this five-month-old not. baby, 25 years from now, is getting married. And I know that for Kurt and Diane, there's still this visual in your mind of when Kevin was five months old. And so... Um, I was wondering if you could speak into kind of this season of life. And your small group has been together for 12 years. That's a lot of life lived together. That's a lot of seasons that have changed. And so uh, as your small group has evolved from being parents of younger teens to kids that get engaged uh, and now getting married, what's that been like for you guys? Yeah, well, having Hudson up here is incredible because, you know, we certainly remember um, those days, as I know a lot of parents um, out there do as their kids get older. Um, and with Kevin getting married um, next week, that's another you know chapter in his life, another chapter in our life. Kevin, if you're listening, we want grandchildren. Yeah. So just, just sh- sh- shameless plug. Um, not right away. You got like a year or so. so yeah. have, oh wow! Takes the grandkids. Um, yeah, no pressure at all. Um, but the Bible gives us examples of a lot of people that uh, God talked to that they didn't feel that they were worthy. Yeah. Um, they didn't feel like that they wanted to answer God's call. Um, they did, and, and they're incredible examples uh, to us. Moses and Jonah, uh, you know, Saul becoming Paul. Just mm. the, the Bible's littered with examples like that. Um, and that was us 12 years ago. Uh, we had our lives. Um, we were active at church. 
uh, this church. We felt like that was good enough. We were active, following our kids around to all of their events and their uh, things that they were doing, and we didn't need house church. We didn't need to be in something like that. We knew about right. it. We had never been in one, but we didn't feel like we needed anything like that. And we were asked to be in a house church, and we knew uh, two other couples that were in this house church, and um, so it felt somewhat comfortable for yeah. us to, to do this, to visit. Um, so a little bit begrudgingly, we went to that first meeting and almost immediately, you know, we just felt that commitment to each other, yeah. um, that, uh, that, that uh, a closeness um, in that time of life. Our kids knew um, their kids, uh, you know, a lot of similar ages. And as we've progressed through that house church in the last 12 years, um, we have certainly uh, had events happen in our lives, happen in our kids' lives, that without that house church, without mm. that Christian community, without those people praying for you and being with you, um, and it's not just that hour and a half or two hours um, at house church, it's 24 hours right. a day, right. seven days a week that these people are um, there for you and that they, um, they, they, they have an understanding um, of what you're, what you're going through, um, and the encouragement is just incredible. Yeah. I love that you said that without that, it would feel so much more empty because that speaks right to this culture that's feeling very lonely. And one of the reasons we wanted to have this conversation this morning is that, yes, we're all in different seasons of life, but there's not that much distance between us and the fact that we need each other, like we said. And so um, it's amazing to me that your story resonates with our story so much because it felt like another thing to add to the calendar. It felt like another thing to do. And for most of us in this kind of culture that's very to-do list driven, we don't need another thing to do, but it's actually another thing to step into and to become. I mean, don't let your calendar stop your community. Let it be the other way around. And uh, I know that we have busy lives, but when we step into it, it's, it's fruitful and it's amazing. And uh, this empty nester season, uh, whether that name applies to you or, or not, um, it's a difficult one. It's an exciting one. It's a challenging one. It comes with new questions, maybe with some freedom. And so, Diana, I was wondering if you would speak into just what that season's been like for you so far, and with next week and approaching, how it's been for you. Um, well, being a parent and raising children is certainly, um, can be hard at times, but it's the most rewarding thing, yeah. um, probably, that Kurt and I have done in our lives. Um, and certainly, having the family of our church uh, friends and our small group uh, come around us for the last 12 years has made a difference. I can't yeah. imagine sitting here if we didn't have that support, and I think I'd really be feeling the impact of an empty nest. But yeah. um, we certainly we lift each other up, and um, you know we've formed a bond, and we're family. Yeah. One thing that was beautiful to see is a couple weekends ago at Kevin Eliza's wedding shower, um, your whole small group was there and to just be with you. And Jane, you were there and helping serve food and helping pick up dishes and things, but also just giving hugs and, and reminding how much you love these two. And that, once again, shows it's not just a Tuesday or a Monday from seven to nine. This is a lifetime community that we gain, and it reminds us a little bit more every day that we're not alone, that the, the things that we're going through, the season of life that we carry, we can carry with the people that we love. Uh, Jane, this season of retirement is new and fresh, and Al's retired and you're not yet. And so um, 
I, it's, it's so exciting to me. Al, you and I talked a couple weeks ago, and this is his language, not mine. He said um, that he's lived my life three times as far as years are concerned. I'm 22 and Al is 68. He gave me permission to say all that, I promise. <laughs> But the amazing thing that you share with me, and it resonated with me so much, that there's always a new season around the corner. Every single season of life is a new one for us. And so in this new season of retirement that's approaching, um, how have you been processing that? How has your community supported you in that? Was it, how does it feel for you? Well, <laughs> <laughs> being Ale's sugar mama sure does. <laughs> Wait, what? Sure does bring on a lot of stress. <laughs> Jane, you gotta say that stuff in run through. <laughs> Can't just be throwing around sugar mama comments. <laughs> Goodness. Well, time's up, everybody. That's it. Time to go. <laughs> well, he likes staying home. Yeah. Go to work. <laughs> I get. It. I get you. So um, I think everybody basically explained what a house, what a, a small group is all about. Yeah. It is family, it's community, it's people to talk to when things are really bad. And yeah. you wouldn't want to say this to anybody other than your spouse, but um, they're there to listen, they're, they're there to keep your secrets, to yeah. help you and uh, move you along in your spiritual growth. Yeah. And they've been a God's, God's blessings to me. Yeah, one thing you shared with me a couple weeks ago that was so profound was that, yes, that, that space, those walls are so sacred that there's things you would say there that you wouldn't say anywhere else. It's such a trusted community that you can bear each other's burdens, uh, laugh with people when they're laughing, and cry with people when they're crying, like we stick together. And that's such a beautiful model of how Jesus is with us and we get to be with each other in his name. That's a gorgeous thing. I love uh, at 8.30 you said too that a small group became a thing that you just look forward to. Like it's, it's, absolutely. yeah, it's suddenly a thing that you go, man, once I get out of work and once I drive uh, across the, you know, <laughs> but yeah. once we get to be together, it's going to be a really, really great thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you the look forward to it. The most stressful thing is figuring out what to have for dessert. That's it. If that's the most stressful thing in a community, <laughs> I just said pie earlier. So apparently, you know, pie's a thing. Uh, Al, for you. As you get to be a small group coordinator here at Shepherd's Gate, um, you remember all these seasons with Jane, uh, and all of this is still so fresh and new, and I love that you now get to play matchmaker and get to put couples together. And I know that we've benefited so much from that. Um, our community that's built out of something you put together is really so impactful, and it's become a priority for us. And that's what we're leaning into today. So speaking to your uh, specific season of life, and then also maybe some encouragement for any of us who are still on the fence about if this is something we want or not. Um, re <clears throat> retirement can mean a couple of different things. Um, it can mean sitting on the front porch, drinking a lot of lemonade and rocking and falling asleep at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Or it could, can mean doing something that you want to do. Yeah. And I opted to do something I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, um, I took on the position at church in, in regards to um, coordinating the small group, mm. you know, small group efforts. And, and it's been a blessing. And working with people, coming, coming in contact with uh, with men, women, uh, young adults, couples. Um, it, it's just in, in trying to bring them together with other, yeah. you know, with other people and like seasons of life, it's, it's just been, uh, it's yeah. been tremendous. It's bringing bring people together, seeing them grow, seeing them get into groups, seeing the groups grow and, yeah. and the groups multiply. Um, it, it's really, Pastor John talked about it last week in the message about giving us, giving us the opportunity 
yeah. uh, taking taking an opportunity, taking a time out. You know, the, st- the statistics, statistics you talked about, yeah. and all the percentages and in the loneliness. Right. Uh, you know, forty eight percent of of people in your age category, thirty eight percent of the people in my age category, yeah. in in how lonely they are. Yeah. Um, you know, electronics is great and social media is great, but there's nothing nothing like a one on one. There's nothing like sitting in the in the room like this. Yeah. Uh, for a couple hours every two weeks with with uh, with people you know in the same season of life right in in having community we owe it to ourselves we, we right. owe it to ourselves to, right. to take that couple hours and and treat yourselves and take take that couple hours yeah um you know we have groups we have groups that pretty much fit you know all all aspects. Yeah, every season of life yeah. yeah um and we're we're starting i was a special needs dad for 25 years until wow. i Lost my son. Wow. We're starting to we're starting up a special needs group. Mm. It's right in the process. So, you know, we're we're starting that up now. Yeah. Um, it sometimes takes time f- for people to get into a group and get the right fit. Sure. It's sometimes two three months before, when somebody approaches me or approaches us about getting into a group, before that it really culminates and they get into right. into a group situation. Because we try to find the right fit and yeah. try to find the right match. Um, but the bottom line is to take the first step, throw it out there. And, uh, and visit a group and see what it's all about. Yeah, I love that you use the word opportunity uh, because once again, sometimes the calendar makes it feel like another thing to do. Uh, sometimes the insecurity that we feel can make it feel like we're not worthy of being a part of this, that maybe um, it's just gonna be too much of a struggle. But I love that this is an open door for each and every one of us right now. And we wanna just step into that boldly, knowing that yes, this is a priority that God has for your life and for my life, and we wanna run after that. And we know that the benefit will be amazing. Uh, Hey, this is not an easy thing to do to come up and share uh, your story, so can we just thank them one more time? Thanks, everybody. Uh, I hope that as you heard your season of life, and maybe as you found your place in that conversation, that something resonated for you. And uh, before we go, I just want to mention one more thing. Uh, Yes, if if there's a loneliness that you've been feeling lately, maybe your season has felt kind of alone and isolated. Uh, I just want you to hear this from your church. We love you, and God loves you, and you are forgiven, and you're free, and we need you. Remember, we need each other, and life is done better together. And so if that resonates something in your heart, I just wanna remind you, we have prayer partners in the back of the room during this closing song. They can stay with you as long as you'd like, Uh, but don't let that opportunity go away because this culture needs you and uh, we need God's love together. And if something in our conversation, if something this morning really brought something to life in your mind, if you think, yeah, you know what? Maybe this is a season where I I do need to step into a community and see what God might have for that because I promise you that he has plans for that. Uh, We just wanted to give you a tangible first step. This is not a huge commitment. This is a first step. It's kind of like raising your hand in the air and going, I want to see what this whole thing's been about. And so if you just want to fill out this card, you can give us a few information. There's there's a little bit about, I'd like to join a small group, visit a small group, lead a small group. Check one of those boxes. You can leave it at the door. You can leave it with one of us. You can leave it with the Connection Center. We'd love to get in touch with you and just say, hey, how can we come alongside you and do this community thing together because life is done better together. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you would stand to your feet, I want to pray for us. Uh, Like Pastor John said, I'll be in the fellowship hall. He'll be there. Everyone that shared today will be there. We'd love to connect with you because we love to be together. But I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to join in one triumphant voice one more time and sing this chorus about how we're the sons and daughters of God. So God, this morning, we believe and we trust and we know that you love us. God, we know that you created us for community. 
and we thank you for the plan over each and every one of our lives that we're not intended to do it alone. And as isolating as this world can feel, as divided as this world can feel, we know that you're a God of unity, a God of belonging. And God, that spirit is what we declare over our church, over our lives, over our city. God, we want to know that loneliness is eliminated in God's love. Loneliness is eliminated in your design for how you created us to be in community and to connect with each other. God, all around this room, we thank you for the season of life that you've given us. It might be a really, really tough one. It might be a really, really exciting one. But God, we're just saying, we're gonna praise you. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for the moments we share. Thank you for the fact that as a community, we get to stand in your love and know that yes, we are the sons and the daughters of God. We're never far from your heart. We're seen, we're heard, we're valued, and we're together. Receive this blessing this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace now and forever. Amen.